You're listening to Radio Tab's Mobile Rolling. Presented by Garrard's Horse and Hound. Making shopping easier with their online store. The same extensive catalogue, the same keen prices online or over the phone. 1-800-060-896 or visit horseandhound.com.au. Yes, Mobile Rolling on this Thursday morning. Of course, the Constellations Carnival, less than a month away. Some great racing at Albion Park in July, but it's Thursday the 8th of June, and Chris Barsby is in the chair. Morning, Chris. David, good morning to you. Good morning, everyone. Yes, the Constellations starting officially next Friday night at Redcliffe with the patrons' purse. We highlighted that race yesterday with club president Bernie Ring and just some of the possible candidates that could be headed that way for that feature next week. It was very exciting. And just an update on the rising sun, this big feature, the Group 1 event on July 8, there's still only one invitation that has been issued. We had two, Merlin, unfortunately, had to withdraw owing to a little bit of a setback. So it's only Leap to Fame that is guaranteed to start in the rising sun. So everyone's waiting patiently to see who's going to secure some of these invites. There's one more four-year-old, two more three-year-old invites to be issued. The Lost Storm is likely to be a three-year-old that's going to be strongly considered. And maybe after yesterday's trial session at Menangle, naturally gifted could be a front runner. Tardelli went down at a very short quote last night at Redcliffe, so maybe naturally gifted could be a strong candidate for that other three-year-old invite. Time will tell, but uh, it's very interesting. Tardelli went under at short odds. For real life, was able to score and score easily. Blasted home in a very quick last quarter. So that final next week, that three-year-old final is going to be very interesting. Naturally gifted won a trial in very fast time yesterday at Menangle for trainer-driver Jack Trainer. Let's focus on Albion Park on Saturday night. Ten races, great card of racing coming through. And the McCarthy team rolled into town this weekend. They've got a number of their stars stepping out. Can't find a better man. He's going to go around in the open mobile. An expensive ego steps out in the open stand. But I wanted to focus on Queensland's best race mare, Uptown Beach Girl. Hasn't been cited since being beaten for the first time this year a couple of weeks ago at Albion Park. She went down bravely behind Yarrow Bella. The man that puts the polish on Uptown Beach Girl is Donnie Smith, and he's online with us now. Donnie, appreciate the time. Uh, good morning, Chris. What did we make of that last start when she went under behind Yarrow Bella? What was the main takeaway for you? Yeah, Chris, well, it was uh, a week where we didn't really focus on being a peak performance. Um, it was a tick over week, basically, and she, she actually ran very well. She was trapped wide, had to work hard to get up to the, to, to, to the front, and, uh, and, then, and she stuck on pretty well. She got beat by a better horse than I, but um, she'll take a, a lot from that race, and, um, and we've tightened her up quite considerably since then. Okay, so she has trained on well since that last start? Yeah, I couldn't be happier, Chris. Yeah, she's uh, we've tightened it pretty well down, and and uh, yeah, I've, nothing's gone wrong. Everything's just gone perfectly to plan. So uh, we're just hoping and pretty excited to be part of the action. Okay, this race on Saturday night, the Open Pace, was this the original sort of race that you wanted to to contest with her, or were you left with no other option? Yeah, pretty well, no other option, Chris. We needed to run. We wanted to run before next week, before the patrons' purse. So um, it was basically the only race we could put her in this week to... Uh, it was either that or put her in a trial. So I thought she'd probably take, take more out of a race. So uh, um, that's where we went, really. Um, had no, no other option, really. OK, so you've had a few days to sort of, you know, just uh, 
ponder this field. What do you think about this lineup on Saturday night? Yeah, it's, it's a very interesting race. Um, you know, you've got Luke's horse drawn down close and you've got the track record holder out wide. Um, and we're in the middle. So, uh, and plus a couple of other, other nice horses too. So, yeah, it's an interesting race. I, I, I'm not quite sure of the plan. or I think I'll just leave it up to uh, Nathan. He'll work it out as it, go, as it goes. Okay. Ideal scenario. What what would you be hoping for here? Because you want a solid run, but you don't want a, an overly taxing run, given what's coming up for her over the next month or so. Yeah, 100%, Chris. I, I sort of... My, my thoughts on the race would be maybe that uh, Luke's horse would probably lead. Um, Blacks of Dance would probably go forward and would probably get the 1-1. One, one. I, I, I guess that's probably the natural-looking race plan you'd sort of look at. But um, as we know, when when the action starts, some the things go out the door sometimes and things change. <laughs> and uh, But that'd be the natural... That'd be the nice thing to be 1-1, be one, one, I guess, on Blacks of Dance. But um, the races don't normally turn out the way you want. In saying that, though, that that would be a sort of um, a real interesting little sort of situation if she was one-one, following a horse like Black Sedan's, following a good speed. Because most times we've seen her up in front or outside the speed, and we know that she can pound out a really fast time. But set up uh, off a off a genuine tempo could be really exciting. What she could deliver. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's uh, that'd be just a really nice thing to watch, actually. But um. I hope it plans out that way, but um, yeah, we just don't know. But um, it'd be it'd be really good to, to watch her because she's she's now sharp. She's a natural chaser, so um, yeah, that'd be good to see. But we just we'll just see um, see what happens, I guess. Okay, just looking at the market, Tab have got a market up for this race on Saturday night, and can't find a better man. They've got as the favourite. He's quite short, a dollar fifty. Black Sedan's four forty, and your mare Uptown Beach Girl fifteen dollars. Are they not paying the locals enough respect here with that market? Yeah, it sounds like it, Chris. I didn't know that, um, but yeah, no, that looks pretty good odds for Uptown Beach Girl, I suppose. Um, uh, you know, Black Sedan obviously is an absolute. He's proved himself in, in this class. Uh, I guess so is Luke's horse. Uh, can't find a better man. Um, it's, I think it was the last horse to beat Leap to Fame, if I recall rightly. Yeah, you're right. Um, um, and, and you've got our mayor that's up and coming, so it's, it's just a, a, a real good clash, and it'll be interesting to see how we go. Okay, well, that's Saturday night. Just looking ahead to next week, you mentioned the patrons' purse. So you're taking on some of the, the best here on Saturday night with the likes of Black Sedans, Can't Find a Better Man and Coat. The following week, maybe Leap to Fame steps out in the patrons' purse, but just with your mayor, how much improvement will there be from Saturday night to next Friday night? I think I think it'll be the, the natural race tightness uh, that you get. You can track work as much as you like, but you can't get uh, the horses just toned down and tightened up so much more in a race scenario. So um, I, I, she'll she'll take a lot out of it for sure. Um, she needs the run. That's why I was pretty determined to find a race for her somewhere this week. Um, yeah, she'll she'll take a lot out of it for sure, Chris. Um, okay. Yeah. So everything's still on target. You're looking forward to the patrons' purse, and then obviously the Group One Golden Girl. That's the, the that's the big grand final. Yeah, absolutely, 100% right, Chris. Yeah, that's that's uh, the master plan, I guess. And um, just everything's working according to plan at the moment. So I hope that everything goes keeps going well, and uh, it's just good to have a, a it's great to have a 
a horse um, that's uh, capable of taking these good horses on. Yeah, for sure and certain. I tell you another mare that you've got absolutely flying at the moment is Allegra Rose. You've been able to get the key to her, and she's producing her best. She's been placed the last five now. She's won the last, well, she won three of those, and she was a winner last week. Um, are you happy with the way she's going? Are you surprised with that turnaround in form? Um, no, not really, Chris. Like when I first obtained her, she uh, she had a lot of foot, uh, one terrible foot, and. <laughs> Uh, and basically, I had to cut nearly half the foot off to to get it back right. And I was racing it with egg bars for a while to hold the foot together. Um, and now, about a month ago, I was able to take the egg bars off, and she can race in a normal shoe. So uh, once I did that, um, she she found some form. And she on the on the training track, she always felt like a very high energy horse, and felt like a real monster, to be honest. Um, but I couldn't put it on, on the racetrack at the time because of a foot. But um, once, once we got the feet right, well, uh, she's really shown what she can do. Um, and uh, I, I actually quite like that, that mare. She's um, high energy. She doesn't, doesn't give up. A uh, real hard trier and, um, and high energy. So that's about all you need to be a good racehorse. I've got to ask the question, Donnie. For so long, you've been able to get the best out of geldings and you've been able to resurrect a lot of careers. But the mares now are sort of taking over your stable. So are they winning the, the battle now that the mares are starting to become your... Uh, your main sort of income now. <laughs> yeah, well, it seems that way. It looks that way, but uh, I think it's just the way it falls sometimes, Chris. Like uh, some horses, uh, yeah, really enjoy our program, and others don't quite stand up. Uh, we tend to to um, feed them big and work them big, and and some don't handle it. But when when they do, they really fire, you know. Would you have more mares in work in your stable now compared to the the geldings, or is it about the same? Uh, I think it's about the same, actually. <laughs> the mayors are definitely winning the winning the race at the moment, as far as track performances go. Um, but yeah, at the moment, yeah, the mayors with uh, Alexia Rose, Uptown Beach Girl, our modern mini's going all right. Uh, starting another one myself, Amanda Redcliffe for Villani Magic. Which I don't think she's in their grade, but um, yeah, it's just funny how it works out sometimes. <laughs> a couple of months down the track, I might have all good geldings going. So. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. Hey, you've got busy, uh, busy couple of days coming up. So you've got a number of runners today, a few more tomorrow night, and then you've got uh, uh, some of the stars stepping out on Saturday night. Uh, today at Reckliff, can you give punters a lead? Is there any uh, particular runner that you're keen on from your stable? Um, uh, I think Depth in a Hurry will be very hard to beat. Um, the Buried Hall makes it nice for her. Um, and she's probably the best winning chance, I think, today at Reckliff for me. Um, okay. Tomorrow night, well, we've got uh, uh, probably Beach Villa would be hard to beat, I guess. But Luke McCarthy's got one out, so he, he's always hard to beat. So we'll give our best shot anyway. Yeah, well, there's a lot to look forward to, but we're looking forward to seeing Uptown Beach Girl take on the big boys for the first time there on Saturday night, going around in that mobile open. Donnie, really appreciate the time, and we'll see you trackside later today. Yeah, thank you, Chris. There's Donnie Smith joining us. So uh, team's going well, but Uptown Beach Girl, it's a, a big test for her on Saturday night. $15 currently tab fixed price. Maybe that's a little overs, but uh, we'll wait and see. But uh, yeah, good race there on Saturday night, the Open. Shane Graham's got some interesting runners a weekend as well, in particular in those two open races. Lords Arise, he backs up from last week's Flashing Red. He's in the mobile pace. And then in the stand, LL Cool J, who was deemed to be a non-runner last week, 
after that mishap at the start. He goes around in the stand start again. He joins us now, Shane Graham. He's online. Shane, appreciate the time. Yeah, no problems, Chris. Things are only getting harder now as we get closer to the carnival. The McCarthy team rolls into town this weekend. Expensive ego, can't find a better man going around in those open races. So, uh, you know, it's carnival time when they're in town. Yeah, that's right. It's um, Every time this year at all, everything steps up a notch and uh, this year is definitely no different. It seems to get harder every year, but doesn't it? Yeah, it certainly does. But you've got some good firepower of your own. Just going back to last week's flashing red, just just on the start, what happened there last week? Oh, do we need to talk about it again? <laughs> I thought it might have been a sore point. Nah, look, it was just one of those things, um, you know, uh, LL Cool J, he, uh, you know, he didn't even get to get up to the barriers before they said go, and then, um, yeah, there was just obviously a mix-up there with the, uh, the starter, and he um, he seen it different to us, and yeah, that's why he was uh, denied a fair chance and a fair start. Sorry, and probably if uh, turned up and had a run third, he probably would have been a non-runner as well because he got pretty uh, uh, hampered with at the start as well. So um, yeah, it was just one of those races you you wouldn't want over again. Okay. Well, let's focus on this week. Let's go to the Mobile Open on Saturday night, race four. We're just talking to Donnie Smith about Uptown Beach Girl. You've got two runners. Lords Arise backs up from last week out of the other uh, flashing red. And the Mayor Scarlet Babe, who, who's back in winning form. She's won two of us four now. Uh, was it a difficult choice? You're driving Lords Arise. Kelly's going to drive Scarlet Babe. Was that a difficult choice? Yeah, look, I, I sort of, you know... I, Scarlet, you know, she's a bit of a favourite and she is she is racing well, but um, probably just come down to the barrier draws and the fact that uh, Kel has driven Scarlet before, so she knows her and that and gets along with her quite well, so it's um, you know, probably just those two things. Okay. Lords Arise, uh, back behind the mobile, so do you try and avoid the stand starts going forward or do you just forget what happened last week and move on? Yeah, I think we just forget what happened. Um, his previous, you know, in the trial, he stepped away good and, and his other start in the stand, he stepped away good and got behind the leader. You know, last week it was um, probably just one of those things, um, had a new driver that mightn't have been 100% used to him and plus he sort of, he wasn't even ready to go when they said go either. So um, we'll just put that down to experience and, you know, I, I wouldn't... Um, you know, if he comes out and goes good Saturday night, I, I think we sort of still look at the Redcliffe Cup because I think just with the way, with his speed and how he can follow it, I think that's a, a race that he still would be well and well and truly competitive in. Yeah. Well, those first four runs were really good. So I think, as you said, we just uh, forget that run last week. He's currently assessed at $26. Um, again, like I said with Donnie, it just seems like the locals aren't getting the respect here. Yeah, that's right. You know, it's uh, he's he's probably thrown in the deep end there, being put into the free-for-all um, under the mobile conditions, considering he's only a band four and all the rest of band ones and twos. So it's probably, um, you know, like other than the stand last week, it's his, his toughest test against the Opens. But, um, yeah, look, he, I think he's still on the way up and, and can follow speed. So, um, 
if he's uh, if he gets a good enough trip and genuine run race, I'd be disappointed if he wasn't running home. Surely this race is going to generate tempo with a horse like Black Sedan's drawn in. I know it's a small field, but I, I think we we should be guaranteed a good tempo here. Yeah, it looks that way. Um, you know, whenever Black Sedan's in the race, they are generally uh, well-run races. So um, with him, you know, the way the barriers are drawn, um, you know, Robbie was happy to lead on his bike the other night, but just got too much pressure and. Probably can't find a better man. He'll he'll press forward and be looking for a forward spot too. So you know, uh, so our point of view with our two runners, you know, that's what we need—the genuine run race. So you know, that's what we can hope for. Okay. Well, just on Scarlet Babe, given that likely setup, small field, genuine tempo. Well, that's music to her ears. It is. Yeah. She. Um. You know, like the longer she's held up, the better she is, and. Um, yeah, like her, probably her last three starts, four starts, she, I think she's sort of, you know, back to as good as she's going to be, you know, and, um, yeah, so if she, uh, if she's close enough, she's the same, like she should be running home with them. Okay. In the other uh, discretionary, the open discretionary on Saturday night, race nine, LL Cool J up against Expensive. Were you surprised they were off the same mark, the handicap, 20 metres for both? Yeah, uh, well, not really with the... I think it was a, a set band ones were off 20 metres. So, um, yeah, that was always going to happen, um, being off the same mark being the band ones. But, um, yeah, look, he's uh, he's going really, really well, LL Cool J. Uh, even after missing away last week, um, he was climbing over the back of him. He probably, if he gets a split at any stage down the straight, I reckon he sort of figures in the finish last week. So... He um he's definitely still you know getting better each run so uh, the smaller field will help him. Okay, in saying that, Tim's a trooper. Off the front, you've got to give him twenty meters, and it's only the short trip, twenty one hundred and thirty eight. Is he the horse to beat? Yeah, he was. Um, his sessions would have been super last week. Um, he uh, you know got out late and dashed home, and you know he he probably would have been one of the quicker times in the race. So um, definitely, you know, these 2,100-metre stands, generally whatever can sort of get away and lead, um, they're hard to run down. So, uh, yeah, I'd imagine he'd be the hardest to beat. Okay. LL Cool J pushes on next. Uh, well, she's uh, aiming towards the Redcliffe Cup. That's still a, an obvious target? Yeah, that is it. Um, yeah, we'll uh, we'll race this week and then it's two weeks till the Redcliffe Cup, I think. So, um that's his, uh, that's his main target. Um, yeah, the stand start and the long distance seems to suit him. So, um, yeah, that's where he's aimed up for. All right. Speaking of the Redcliffe Cup, so we're two weeks away. Um, is Turn It Up a, a, a guaranteed starter in the Redcliffe Cup or are you still want your options? Yeah, look, I sort of um, 50-50 with that, which way to go with him. Um whether he sort of just keeps on his every two weeks racing or stretch it out to three weeks with the Redcliffe Cup. Um, yeah, sort of a bit undecided with him on um, on which way to go at this stage. But, um, you know, bearing in mind he's going to probably cop 20 in the Redcliffe Cup. Um, yeah, sort of, yeah, 50-50 with him. Not, not quite sure which way to go. 
you would have been thrilled with the run last week. He was super the way he hit the line. Yeah, he was he was great. Like he, um, you know, like I think if he had a you know another another fifty or hundred, he probably he probably wins it. So, you know, he um, to give him what start he did at the start, he was probably more off forty or fifty than you know twenty. So um, to give him what he did and and to pull off Manila Playboys back and and sort of make up that nearly a length on him, uh, you're going quite well. So um, yeah, he's He's going really well at the moment, and hopefully, um, yeah, he keeps uh, keeps getting a little bit better, and you know we might be able to jag a big one over the carnival. Well, fingers crossed, and we'll wait and see which way you go. Just a couple of from Saturday night, Yarraman Bella goes around in race six. She was a winner two starts ago, beating Uptown Beach Girl. Is this a a winnable race for her on the weekend? Yeah, I think it is. Um, I was I was wrapped with her. With her run last week, um, you know, coming from back in the field in in that race, and um, yeah, like she, I think her sectionals would have been quite well herself. So um, I think she's still still getting better and improving. So um, yeah, this race I think looks a winnable race for her. All right, and send it in race two. Uh, he's first up here on the weekend. Uh, he trialled recently. What are the expectations on Saturday night? Yeah, look, he. Um, He's probably not uh, uh, going at, at his absolute best at this stage. I wouldn't think his his trial was quite good, or been he was a bit casual in um, in his work. But um, I don't think the mile really suits him. I think he's a better long distance horse. But um, from the draw, we'll have to try and make use of it. And yeah, he um, he's still a nice horse, um, but we'll know more after Saturday night. I think. All right. And I noticed that Ricky Elchin's thrown the keys to you for a, a couple of his runners on Saturday night. The mayor come say hi in race eight, drawn gate two, looks hard to beat. And the trotter escaped the pace in the last. So you've got a bit of added pressure there to get these guys to the uh, to the finishing line. Yeah, that's right. Um, Ricky must have had a better, better offer on Saturday night and couldn't attend. So I was a lucky man to get the job. All right. Well, uh, some really good chances there and some really good chances going forward. Just on next week with the uh, the patrons purse being the feature and launching the the constellations, do you have a drive at this point for the uh, the patrons purse? Uh, not at this stage. Um, sort of depends on how Lord's Rice goes on Saturday night. Whether we press on and uh, go to that with him, but um, yeah, he's the only one at this stage. Okay. Well, we'll wait and see after the weekend. Shane, really appreciate the time. We'll see you trackside. No worries. Thanks, Bruce. There's Shane Graham joining us. So some real key runners there on Saturday night. He's got some uh, key drives today uh, as well at Reckless. So he's a busy man. So uh, interesting to see which way they go with Turn It Up. Do they keep pushing towards the Reckless Cup or do they sort of just head elsewhere? So knowing that the Sunshine Sprint and Blacks of Fate are the big, big obvious targets throughout the Constellations, it'll be interesting to see which way they go. He's, he's likely to get a 20-metre handicap in the Reckless Cup. Let's focus on Gloucester Park, as we do each and every Thursday. It's another big grand coming through. Magnificent Storm, who's bound for Brisbane. He steps out again, going around in race number seven. He scored easily last week, as we expected. Matty Young joins us each and every week, and he mine now. Matty, good morning. Good morning to you, Chris. Uh, does he win again, Magnificent Storm? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's pretty simple stuff for him again on Friday. There's only four in it, so... 
which is quite disappointing. Um, but, yeah, and it's disappointing that we don't see um, the battle between Shockwave and Magnificent Storm. But I guess the other side of that is Aidan DeCampo is able to not choose uh, for the time being, which is, I guess it's a good thing for him. But uh, for pacing fans, we'd love to see the battle. And I guess uh, they're building up their profiles quite significantly. So uh, when they do face each other, they're going to have a string of wins next to each other's name. Okay, so the obvious question, follow-up question there is, why isn't Shockwave in this race? It's a, a feature race. The members sprint worth 30000 So where is Shockwave? Uh, well, they've sort of come to an agreement that uh, they would let the horses be separated for Aiden's sake. Um, sure. Trainers have spoken and they've pretty much worked out where they're going to be. And so they're, they're sharing sharing the feature races by by the looks of things. And um, Shockwave's, of course, on the way back from injury. So Ryan Bell doesn't really want to over-race him too much. But, yeah, ultimately it appears that they're just trying to um, look after Aiden and that he doesn't have to make a decision. Okay. Is this likely to be Magnificent Storm's last run over there or do they squeeze in one more before he heads east? Uh, I have heard that they're going to squeeze in one more. They have sort of changed plans a couple of times with him. Uh, they brought him back a little bit earlier uh, than they were going to because he was doing so well. So it's sort of it's sort of uh, moving moving at a rapid rate and they just they make the decision on the fly. So uh, depending on how he pulls up from tomorrow night's run, I would say they'll probably get another run in just before he goes. Okay. What's the highlight on this card away from Magnificent Storm tomorrow night? Well, there's a couple of uh, nice races, but uh, the Pure Steel is a really interesting race with um, the uh, well, essentially the MO paces of the old era. Um, and Soho Dow Jones has come up with a good draw. He's got an impeccable record uh, when leading, and he comes up with that perfect draw. So, look, he looks uh, the hardest to beat, and I marked him as my best bet on the card. So that's uh, race five, number one, and that's the other feature race on the program. But there's uh, there's some nice races on the program, but at the same time, uh, probably lacking that star quality that we've seen in the previous weeks with no swing band and shockwave and... Um, it, it's just uh, and oh, the, the three-year-old race will be pretty good. That's um, got fess up and it's just a small field. That'll be just after the members sprint, which uh, will be pretty late for you guys. But fess up, strong one star lavers in the race. He's never been better, and also uh, Hull St Louis for Dylan Edge and Green, who's been uh, undefeated here in the West and racing oh so well. So that'll be a fascinating event just for just a small field uh, race number eight or nine on the program. That one. Okay. What about race four? A couple of nice horses here. Finn Vara himself resumes there tomorrow night. And then you've got Prince of Pleasure, who's two for two this prep. So they're progressive types. So that promises to be a good clash as well. The Mustang's also in good form. Yeah, exactly right. And uh, it's a it's an intriguing sort of race with uh, how tactically it'll work out. Finn Vara, he's uh, got the draw advantage over he, most of his rivals there, beat cities in one, and uh, the Mustang's got some gate speed, Aiden DeCampo driving him. So um, tactically, it'll be interesting. I think the Mustang going forward is going to be a horse that's going to use his gate speed and probably take cover on uh, some of the better horses in races. We saw him driven with a sit last start, and he performed really well. So 
I think that's how they'll probably play it going forward. So if he crosses, then Finvara is most likely one to get across because it should be able to hold himself, who's first up. And it'll be interesting to see how he comes back because he was able to um, ride the hot speed in the Golden Nugget and get the win at big odds. So we'll see how he goes. But uh, he stepped up into the free-for-all grade last time in. It wasn't too bad. And with the break and coming back, it'll be exciting to see how he goes. So that is an interesting race, and there's plenty of talent in the field. And they're just sort of on that lower tier of uh, good free-for-allers that are going to be coming through. So it's exciting to see how they'll handle the uh, continual rising grades. Okay, but your best bet is five, number one, Soho Dow Jones. Yeah, that's my best bet for Kim Prentice and Mitch Miller. Looks uh, the leader and looks really hard to beat, so I think he'll get the job done. Awesome. Ten races there tomorrow night at Gloucester Park. Matty, as always, appreciate the time. We'll chat again next week. Cheers, mate. There's Matt Young joining us from the West this morning. So a good program coming through from Gloucester Park tomorrow night, which coincides with a number of good harness meetings across the weekend. Uh, just going back to those trial sessions uh, yesterday, or in particular, from Menangle. So Naturally Gifted was able to win his trial. Uh, he scored in 152-2, finished off in 26-1. This horse has recently been purchased by big spending North American-based owner Richard Pellucci. Richard Pellucci was the guy that bought Shah Tin. And as we all know, she went on to become the world's best pacing mare. So he's hoping lightning will strike twice here. Uh, with Naturally Gifted, he is bound for Queensland. They're keen to get him up here. The derbies are obvious targets, but uh, if an invitation heads his way for the rising sun, I'm sure they would certainly look at that closely. So he was sharp there yesterday. And I think Jack Trainer is due to arrive here probably just a week from now. I think it's around the, the 19th that he's planning on heading off uh, from Sydney. He'll be bringing up uh, Brave U Kelly and a few other of those good mares. He's got La Rosa. Uh, Mark Jones has sent that mare over. And uh, Hot to Trot is also under his care, the Trotter. They're aiming towards the Group 1 Great Square, the inaugural running of the Great Square. So Jack Trainer won't be too far away. But he's certainly got some star power, and he's a very smart three-year-old, naturally gifted. He was placed in the recent Renshaw Cup, going up against the open-class paces. So did a really good job there. And we've got some uh, nice races coming through from Melbourne as well. Chris Venozio, he's keen to head north. He's got a number of paces and trotters that he's keen to head up for the carnival with. So... I think they're set to step out on Saturday night at Melton, so we'll be paying uh, close attention to uh, the runners from the stables of Chris Venozio. Uh, he hasn't campaigned here uh, previously in Queensland, so he'll be a welcome addition to the carnival, and we'll wait and see with a few others down there in Victoria. I mentioned yesterday, no Yabby Dam Farms horses, so Anton Galeno has pulled the pin on that Queensland campaign. Dean, uh, Dean Braun has pulled the pin on Bollinger. So he won't be heading up for the rising sun. So that's all the news that we have for this Thursday. We've got a 10 event program at Redcliffe here today. Start time of the first at 1.03. And we'll have more coming up on Mobile Rolling tomorrow just after 11.